PWYFA Playboy Feedar Season 2. What is up? Welcome to the first episode of Season 2, people. Let's go. This is so exciting, y'all. For those of you just joining in for the first time, in a nutshell, this podcast is all about learning how to live a life full of living by playing where your feet are, by doing your best and being your best no matter what and no matter where. I'm Cameron Dobbs, and I am the host of the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. And right now, I am just mind blown and overwhelmed in the best way possible because it has been about one full year of PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are, which is actually insane because time quite literally flies. We haven't quite reached the one-year mark by the time this episode is being released because one year officially will be September 7th for us. But let me just say, year two is about to be nuts. In fact, week one and month one of year two are going to be literally wild. I'm not even ready for it, so I don't think you guys are even slightly prepared in the very least for all of these crazy announcements, exciting drops, and everything we have going on behind the scenes with PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are. So I gotta say, with all that said, if you are not already following us on social media, I recommend you do so now. Now is the time because we have, drum roll please, seven, seven surprises of September dropping this month. You do not want to miss it. Follow Play Where Your Feet Are on all platforms. We linked them below, super easy. Scroll down to the description, click on those links. Follow us on all social media platforms because we want to make sure you stay connected and stay tuned of what is going on because y'all, it's exciting and you don't want to miss it. And while we're at it, do us a huge favor and make sure you're submitting those Apple podcast reviews. We want to know what you enjoy hearing and we want to cater to what you enjoy hearing too. If we love, if we know that you love certain things or certain guests or certain topics on the podcast, we want to do more of that. So to make our job easier and make you enjoy this experience even more, make sure you leave those Apple podcast reviews for us. Now, as we enter into year two of PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are, not just the podcast, but the entire company as a whole through speaking engagements, campus visits, camps, coaching clinics, and so much more that you're going to see revealed this month. We're also beginning season two of the podcast. A quick recap, a quick recap of season one. We had nine fabulous guests join us on the podcast, all individually sharing their own personal paths and stories and commenting how Play Where Your Feet Are relates to their own life. Linked below actually is our recap and highlights episode, which I highly recommend if you want to get an idea of what season one looked like. If you're joining us for the first time in season one, you haven't had a chance to binge watch all of season one, which I recommend you most doing that. Make sure you check out each and every episode. But if you want to start off by just getting a little bit of a taste of what Play Where Your Feet Are is all about, listen to that recap and highlights episode because it takes the best of the best from each and every guest episode and combines it into one episode. So it's just gold nugget after gold nugget that they drop throughout the entire season and tying in what Play Where Your Feet Are means to each of them. So this will give you such a comprehensive idea of the whole concept of play where your feet are and also just showcase how it really is about no matter what no matter where and no matter who because anyone in any situation in any circumstance can use play where your feet are to succeed to thrive and to live that life full of living that we're all certainly trying to achieve and trying to strive for and last season, our guests ranged from collegiate athletes, Olympians, sports reporters, and motivational speakers to influencers, mental health advocates, and doctors. And now, kicking us off for season two today, we have an incredible business owner, entrepreneur, lady boss, and fashionista, Miss Jolie Starr. Jolie is a former sports reporter turned entrepreneur when she opened her online clothing boutique, Wendy Drew Boutique, in 2021. Jolie and I connected through social media, but we actually both graduated from the University of Miami studying broadcast journalism. So we were kind of connected through that, followed each other on social media, knowing what each other did or knowing that I kind of wanted to follow in her footsteps one day. But she was a couple years ahead of me, so we never had classes together. And though we had mutual friends, we had never met in person. 
But funny enough, last year we actually collaborated during the summer when I was a sideline reporter and media director for the Cal Ripken World Series because her business, Wendy Drew Boutique, sponsored a few of my outfits for the tournament. So that was super cool being able to be connected on a little bit of a deeper level last year and just staying in touch ever since. But despite working together and knowing each other all these years, at least from a distance, we have never once hopped on a phone call, really had an in-depth conversation, let alone seen each other's faces live on screen or in person during the past many years or entire time knowing each other. So I just want to note real quick how excited we were upon first meeting for this recording. Hello. (laughs) You're so cute. I love it. Oh my God. Hi. Hi. What's up? I feel like we've been like virtual friends forever. So I'm like, now I get to actually talk to you. Hello. I know. I'm so excited for this. Oh my goodness. As you can tell, Jolie and I were so excited to get connected and record this podcast episode because it is such a good topic and conversation. Today, Jolie shares her journey to the University of Miami, what brought her to the U in the first place. We also dive into her career in sports broadcasting, and then we further go into her motivations behind Winnie Drew Boutique, not only just in starting it, but actually the business decisions she's made throughout being this business owner. So she gives us in-depth details what it takes to be the owner of a rapidly growing business. Because though this is a quote-unquote small business, there is nothing small about Wendy Drew Boutique. She is killing it, and it is just thriving. By listening to this episode, you're going to learn more, again, about running a business, being a total boss, and doing so much more in that industry, but also learn about how Play Where Your Feet Are applies to Jolie's life. This episode is full of fun, it's full of fashion, it's full of business tips, and it is certainly so motivating for anyone and everyone looking to just start and pursue something in their lives and pursue it with passion and pursue it with perseverance because that's exactly what Jelly's doing and it's paying off. So if you want to do all that, which I think anyone and everyone wants to do that in life right now, then tune into this episode, sit back, relax, enjoy, and take notes because this is some good gold nugget stuff. Before we begin, let me remind you once again to please follow and subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to leave that personal review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing and what you're loving. Additionally, follow us on Instagram at PlayWearYourFeetAre and I'll go ahead and plug mine too. It's at Cam.Dobbs. Alrighty, y'all, enough intro. Let's do this. Welcome to season two of the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. This is the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. Jelly Star, what's up? Welcome to the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. I am so excited to be here. You have absolutely no idea. I've been looking forward to this all week. I am just so excited to finally be able to talk to you in person or I guess virtually. Um, It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. We have truly been waiting for this moment for a long time. Both, like you said, the connection of actually seeing each other quote unquote, face to face, zoom to zoom and connecting further. But then also having you on the podcast has been anticipated by the both of us for quite some time. So this episode is so, so just like built up to be amazing and we're pumped and it's going to be just that. But Jolie, talk to me. How's life? What are you up to right now? Fill our listeners in on your life. Yeah. So right now, everything's pretty good. Knock on wood right now. Summer, usually in the clothing industry, summer is slow months. So I'm actually taking advantage of that and going on some trips, seeing my family, uh, doing some fun things with friends and just kind of taking advantage of the slower months because August, as soon as August hits, it's just going to kick into high gear all the way through the holidays. So just looking for new opportunities for the fall. What can I do sale-wise? We're moving into a new space for Wendy Drew. So looking at that, just kind of planning things in the future and, and just kind of riding this slow wave of the summer out and, and getting ready, getting ready for the fall. I love it. And you mentioned Wendy Drew a couple times. So Jolie has her own company called Wendy Drew. It is this beautiful boutique and we're going to go all into the nitty gritty of that. But before we get into Wendy Drew, let's talk about where you started. So I know Jolie, of course, as she is a 
beautiful graduate of the University of Miami. Go Canes! Go Canes, baby! Go Canes! Gotta throw up the U. And Jolie, we never crossed paths while we were at the U. You pretty much graduated as I was just coming in. So I kind of knew of you a little bit just from like the UMTV side of things and knowing mutual friends, but we never crossed paths directly. And I followed you though, seeing that, oh, you're a UMTV alum, you're going into sports reporting, you're doing what you're doing, and you killed it. So I'd love for you to talk about your first transition, your first career of going from college into sports reporting, what that was like, where did you go, what did you do, and what that life as a sports reporter was like. Yeah, well, I graduated a semester early than I should have. So note to self, never do that again. Um, always stay in college as long as you can. But yeah, I think that even more so made it so we missed each other. But um, I knew all of your teammates on the volleyball team. So I had heard really good things about you. So yeah, School of Communication at Miami, plug in UM School of Com because they did an amazing job preparing me um, for the job that I was taking after college. Um, I definitely felt really prepared when I got the offer. Um, so I graduated in December of 2017 and I was looking for jobs. Um, as you probably know, you got to look small. You have to look in those small markets. I had an interview in Odessa, Texas, Dothan, Alabama, and then the one that I ended up taking in Flint, Michigan, which was super scary because I'm originally from Texas. And I was living in Miami for four years and had really never seen snow. So the idea of moving to Michigan in January was possibly the worst thing in my life at the moment. <laughs> but the opportunity was just, I, I couldn't pass it up. So I would have been, I was going to be a sports reporter there. They had the sports director, the weekend sports anchor, and I was just going to be basically the girl that goes everywhere and does everything. We were able to cover University of Michigan, Michigan State the Red Wings, Pistons, Tigers, Lions, as well as some of the smaller schools up in kind of the lower peninsula, but closer to Lake Michigan area. So it was, it was honestly a blast being able to cover all these amazing schools. I mean, D1 as a 22 year old, like that was unreal. One of my favorite moments was covering the Big Ten championship game, Michigan versus Michigan State in basketball. I had never experienced anything like that. So it was awesome. I mean, the cold and the rain and the snow I could have done without. <laughs> but other than that, uh, it definitely taught me a lot. Um, as you probably know, it's sports is a lot of long hours and it's weekends and it's nights. And luckily I was kind of away from my family and friends. So I was able to just hunker down and be able to do my work. But I knew going forward that you know, working nights and weekends and holidays was probably not going to be a sustainable career. I've, I think it was three months before my contract was supposed to end. I ended up taking a different job in Columbia, South Carolina. I was like, get me to the South, please. I am done with Michigan Witchers. <laughs> so I took a job. I moved to Columbia, South Carolina, which is the home of University of South Carolina, the Gamecocks. So I was able to cover the SEC for the first time, which was absolutely incredible. I was only there for about four or five months when COVID hit. So I was in studio, like in person for about four or five months, and then everything went to virtual. Um, and it was definitely challenging. Um, just all the press conferences went to Zoom. I didn't get the the passion that I had for doing in-person live events. And that dragged on for about eight, nine months. Um, and during that time, I met my current boyfriend who I live with now. And my life was just, it was changing. And I could see that it was changing. Um, I, I will always love sports. Sports is 100% my number one passion in life. And I will always appreciate the time that I spent working in sports, but I knew that going forward, my life was going away from a crazy schedule, nights, weekends, holidays. Um, and I was actually able to get out of my contract a year early um, due to COVID, thanks COVID for that. <laughs> um, and I ended up moving to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about an hour and a half away and started a new life here. Uh, so that's kind of the short yet long version. <laughs> Of, of how I ended up where I am. That's awesome. And when COVID, I remember you 
posted on your Instagram, like your first, I think it was like a selfie with your mic or something. And it talked about your exit of leaving the sports industry. But of course you said, stay tuned. So I'm like scrolling for updates, like, oh my goodness, like what's her next move? Like, I'm so excited to see. (laughs) And of course your next move was opening Wendy Drew. And so now go into that story of how long were you even thinking about doing that? You know, how long were clothes were a passion? Did you always have that in the back of your mind? What uh-huh. what inspired you besides, I guess, maybe COVID helping out a little in that ease of transition of actually going forth with it? You know, what fears did you have going into starting Wendy Drew? Where in the world did this idea come from? And how did you get the motivation to start up that boutique? Yeah, COVID definitely gave me the push I needed. So a little bit of backstory. I have always, always been obsessed with clothes. I was always the girl in high school, definitely college. All my friends would come to my closet and pick out clothes to wear. I was like your Nordstrom for like Miami. Yeah, it was just everyone would come and take my clothes. And I loved doing that. I loved dressing people. People would always ask my opinion on things. Uh, My closet was always overflowing. If you ask my mom, she has horror stories of how crazy packed my closet was. And so clothes has always, always been a passion of mine. And honestly, in the back of my mind, I had this dream of opening up an online boutique, but I thought this would be maybe later in life when I'm a mom and I, you know, maybe can do it on the side. I don't want to be in TV anymore. So I had always had this, this dream. I just didn't think it was going to happen so quickly. So Fast forward, I got out of my contract in October of 2020 and I'm like, okay, what the heck do I do now? I, it's the heart of COVID. No one's hiring. Um, I was applying to a few jobs that I could use my journalism degree for like, um, advertising or PR, but nothing was exciting. Nothing seemed, you know, intriguing. And I ended up not even getting any calls on anything. (laughs) So that kind of worked out. I I was just thinking in the back of my mind, you know, I'm at the time I was 24, you know, I, I don't have any kids to take care of. Like I can do this. I'm independent. I can, you know, put all of my resources, time, effort into creating something. And I kind of started Wendy Drew, like telling nobody, I didn't even really tell my parents. I barely told my boyfriend, I think. I just kind of started like looking at ways to, I literally Googled how to open online boutique. And I'm telling you, YouTube saved me. It helped me do so much. I I kind of just realized, you know, this is, this could be a really cool thing. And everyone in COVID was shopping online. So it was a really good market. And I, I, as I researched and YouTubed and talked to some people, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is it. So I went home for, I think it was Thanksgiving and I presented the idea to my parents (laughs) and I told them what the name would be because Wendy Drew is my parents. Wendy is my mom and Andrew is my dad. Um, And I told them, you know, what if I just do this as a side gig? You know, I'll get a job, but then I'll do this on the side. And my parents were actually the ones that said, no, if you're going to do this, you're going to go 100%. This is your full-time job. And that kind of gave me the kick in the butt I needed. And so after that, it was full on, let's get this started. Let's get this going. On another note, the one of the big reasons I wanted to start Wendy Drew was for the size inclusivity. For me, that's something super, super personal for me. I was an athlete my whole life, played volleyball, still love playing volleyball, but I always struggled with finding clothes that would fit my body type. As you know, someone who's tall, I mean, it's just absolutely it's just ridiculous that there's not a lot of options. Um, and I get so tired of ordering things online or going into a store and having nothing work. And you know, you're at the largest size and that's all they carry. So then you get discouraged. So to, when I started Wendy Drew, I knew I wanted it to be a place where people of all sizes could come and shop. You know, if it would be rare that we didn't have a size that would fit you. So that was also my motivation is I personally wanted a place to shop. I wanted somewhere that I could just go and know I can fit into something in this store, whether or not it's a medium, large XL, I will fit into whatever it is. Um, So that was my vision when I started it. And we officially launched in January, January 4th on my birthday, January 4th of 2021. And it's just been full speed ahead since then. That's so awesome. And I love, 
everything you guys sell. I comment all the time. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need this top. I need these pants. You I rock need everything too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I need you to model for me, please. <laughs> please, I would love to. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she, she seriously sells the cutest things ever. And you're also totally killing it. Like I'm pulling up your page right now. 17.1 thousand followers on Instagram. It That's was a long insane. road to the end. <laughs> That's insane though. Just over, you said Thank January you. of 21. So it's, we just hit a year and a half. That's yeah. crazy. And you're already at 17.1. And it says, like she said, seven sizes extra large to 3XL because you also made the shift. Not only is it size inclusive, but you also made the shift recently was it this year or last year it was this past it was september yeah so it hasn't even been a full year yet. Yeah. yeah so you decided to make the shift to make this only for your curvy babe so you made it oh, plus yeah. size only talk about that transition too of the decision to do that why not do the smaller sizes in addition to the curvy and what was that like making that transition yeah so like i said we started out selling small to 3xl and that's how i marketed it in the beginning um, and I would say we did small through three XL for about eight months, I want to say. And I started noticing as I was gaining more and more popularity, my curvy sizes would sell out so quickly and my small through large sizes just wouldn't, it would just take a lot longer and people just didn't seem as interested as the curvy girls did. Like it was, I could not keep anything in stock for in plus sizes. It was ridiculous. And I sat down with one of my mentors, his name's Winston. He's been awesome to me. Um, and he was like, Jolie, you're selling so well in curvy sizes and the small through large is barely selling. What, what needs to change here? And it was tough at first because I opened Wendy Drew with the idea of having all sizes. Once you kind of realize that there is such a disparity in clothes from straight sizes and plus sizes, and the curvy girls are seeing my clothes and they want to support it because not many, you know, clothing stores provide curvy sizes. So they are like jumping on this train, whereas small through large, the it's so saturated boutiques that carry small through large. You can walk along any street corner and see a boutique that carries small through large. So it's much harder to market. There is a, a big, hot, booming market for curvy sizes, which I love. And it's amazing. Honestly, the business decision was to cut what's not making money and to go with what the hot seller is. And the feedback and what's happened since has just been absolutely amazing. The amount of messages that I get just from girls saying, oh my goodness, I have never been able to shop online. This has been my first purchase. Like, thank you. Um, and they'll send me photos. This one woman sent me a photo and was like, I've never felt more attractive in my life when I put on this romper. And it just like stuff like that, you realize that, you know, it's more than just selling clothes. It's giving someone confidence that they never thought they could have. And I know that all too well. So it's been, it's been absolutely amazing. And now that I'm just curvy sizes, I'm like, full steam ahead. Let's get as cute of clothes as we can. Like it's been so much fun. And I've met so many amazing women who have just these incredible stories of how they've become to like love their body and that clothes give them this sort of power to feel beautiful when they might not already feel beautiful. And it's, it's just really incredible to, to see what Wendy Drew has grown into and what I know it will hopefully continue growing to. Yes, it'll most definitely continue growing Let's for go. sure, <laughs> for sure. I think we can guarantee that if nothing else that we can guarantee Wendy Drew will for sure keep blasting off. You are oh, killing it. And the clothes are so cute. Like she said, she wants to get the cutest clothes. They are adorable. I'm obsessed. Thanks. Everything, every single time you have a new arrivals, you mentioned you were shooting and preparing new posts for new arrivals yeah. today. Every single time I'm like, I need this dress. I need these boots. Like every item is so cute. It's That's my goal. When I put out new arrivals, I want people to want it so badly because I want it so badly. Yes. And I, if I bought everything I put out, there'd be no clothes left for y'all. So yeah. I, I have like insane self-restraint when it comes to, I just shot an outfit yesterday. It's like crazy puffy sleeves, hot pink. And I'm like, this is me in an outfit. I need to take this home today. But I don't want to take it away from someone who would want to buy it. Literally. Oh my goodness. If anyone's listening right now, you just said hot pink 
and puff sleeves and you it's said like, that's you that's yeah. like me so if any of yeah. my friends are listening to this episode <laughs> jolie is practically me but like five years ahead of me like same outfit same puff style sleeves, yes color. yes yeah. i i was telling I people when i moved back to miami recently i was going through my closet of what do i take down what can i eliminate because i'm like you my closet back when i was living here in college my closet collapsed like four times because it's so full. You know, yeah. It's closet. so bad. It's so bad. It collapsed so many times because I have so many clothes and it's terrible, but I just love them. And they're all so unique. Like, it's not like they're just a bunch of similar, like, staples. They're all so unique clothes. And so I have to have oh, them yeah. all. In when Miami, I in general, like, the attire, I'm going back to Miami in November and I'm already like, oh my God, what am I going to wear? I don't, <laughs> I don't have Miami clothes anymore. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's amazing. So even when I was moving back though, I was going back through my closet and like, okay, like, come on, camera jobs. You, you can eliminate something, some things. And I kid you not, the only things I did not take back down to Miami were all my neutrals. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm like browns. I don't wear brown. No. Nope. Give me Leave the hot that. pink. Give yes. me the bright orange. Yes. Yeah. Amen. For sure. I took all brights, everything. But let's oh, go wow. back. Let's go back a little to the beginning of Wendy Drew as you were starting, because so many people nowadays too want to start their own thing, whether that is a small business of any sort, whether it's you know jewelry or clothes or even just being a content creator at the very least. Everyone wants to do something, yet so many people are scared to make that first step. So you talked yeah. about some of the things that kind of aided in creating that opportunity for you, COVID, getting, you know, leaving your contract, having your parents' approval. Of course, naming it after your parents probably helped a little bit in that too. <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but having, like having support from everyone sure, certainly helped. But what was something that really motivated you to go full-time into this? Because that's a scary move. Whether you have support from everyone or not, that's a scary move. So what pushed you to actually take that step to go full speed? Yeah, it is absolutely terrifying. And it still is, if I'm being honest, just because starting a business is probably the scariest thing you could ever do because you're really putting all your eggs in that basket um, and just kind of praying that it will work. <laughs> and I, I will say a lot of the motivation to, to starting it did come from the fact that I had so much support around me. I knew, and I think this was something that my boyfriend said, he was like, we won't let you sink. You know, you won't ever get so far under that you sink. you know, you may have ups and downs, but you'll never sink. So that really kind of gave me the push that I needed. Like, okay, even if what's the worst that could happen? My business fails and I go get a job. You know, it's, I'm still okay. I still have a college degree. I still have experience. You know, I could do other things. So I think it was the fact that I have something I can go back to and that I have so many people around me that are going to help me and, and make sure that I do succeed or that I'm in the best position to succeed. And then once I got started, once you get started kind of researching and I was looking at clothes, I just completely fell in love with it. Like I, I knew right then and there that this is my calling. This is what I was meant to do. I never had so much fun working in my entire life. And you know, that saying they're like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I never knew that was true. Cause it definitely wasn't true with sports broadcasting. That was a lot of work, but it's 100% been true for, for this. And I knew once I started researching it before we even launched, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And, you know, God forbid something happens and I can't make it successful. I have something I can fall back to. And I know that I'll be okay. I know that I won't sink. I, I will float. I will be okay. <laughs> I love that so much. And there's several aspects of that that I want to comment on. First is, uh -huh. it seems like there's a big common theme almost of a lot of people I have on my podcast that talk about this concept of reframing failure and how it's just taking that leap of faith. It's just going for it and like YOLO almost full send, just going for oh, it, yeah. but reframing failure. So like you had said, if, if it happened to not work out, you would just go back and find a job. Like it, it wasn't yes. going to end your world. You still had your degree. You still had other things to fall back on. And so it was, it was a, Hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go full speed, put my all into this, try to make it work. But if not, 
I have something else that I can seek and I have family supporting me and I have friends supporting me and I have significant others supporting me. And we had Victoria Garrick on last season and she talked about reframing failure, just that. And she said yeah. that fail is not failing. It is your first attempt in learning. F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. Huh, that's a and great, it, I'm and about it, to get that framed. Even better, <laughs> even better, here you go, even better. She said, if you happen to fail again, it's just further attempts in learning. It's amazing <laughs> and it's so that. true. Victoria Garrick yeah. is the best. I love her so oh, much. Yeah. She is incredible and we are honored to have oh. her last uh, season on the podcast. But it's just reframing, reframing that idea of failure and that we had Viraj Kohari on last year too and he mentioned oh. kind of the same idea of if it doesn't work out, just go back. Go back to what yeah. you were doing or find a new path to attack yeah. and create a life in. And then there was one other thing you said that I wanted to talk off of is you had this love of clothes and fashion, but you also had this need that you didn't see this size inclusivity in stores. And like right. me, you know, I, I am smaller up on my upper body, but my legs are big, like <laughs> training, deadlifting for no years. One, no one is proportional. Yes. Nobody yeah. Is. And then yeah. not to mention I'm six too. So, you know, that, right. that adds a little, and my legs are like seven feet long. Like forget <laughs> about my torso. My legs are so long. And so exactly. Uh -huh. And so it's so tough finding clothes for us. And so you didn't just sit around and be like, well, I'm just never gonna find clothes that fit. So here I am buying pants that are 10 sizes too big and I'm tightening at the waist with a huge belt or, or they're barely fitting because I'm trying to fit my legs into them or whatever it might be. You, you weren't just sitting around saying, oh, woe is me, that's life, oh well. You know, you said, oh, there's a need for this. Other people also, I'm realizing, need this too. So if not me, then who's gonna do it? And if not right. now, then when? And you said, let's do it. <laughs> Why let's not? It. And you and did it. Yeah. As I was doing some more research too, I I realized that the, I, I don't, I hate doing like statistics and stuff. So don't mind it if it's wrong, but I keep seeing places where it's like the average US women is size 16, 18, around there. And like, if that's the average, like, Think about how much, you know, how many women are out there that don't get to shop at these stores. It's, it's absolutely mind boggling to me that more brands aren't aware of that and taking advantage of it. And I could go on a whole rant about that, but now we're seeing more and more like, um, I think Zara and Abercrombie and Old Navy, like they're doing more for plus sizes, but yeah, like you said, like there's such a need and there's so many women out there who need it. Like the majority of America being able to provide that is just, it's just been amazing. And when you were talking about the failure thing, that's so interesting that you say that because I have had so many conversations with my therapist. I can't even tell you girl, like we talk cause I'm a perfectionist. And my whole life, I have just been, I wanted to be the best in volleyball. I wanted to be the best anchor. I wanted to be the best everything. And so I was talking to her about, you know, what happens if I'm not the best business owner? What if my business isn't the best, you know? And she's like, well, what would happen? And I said, well, I'll probably cry. <laughs> I'll be really angry, but then I would go get a job. You know, yeah. I would have to go get a job. And she's like, yeah. So if your idea of failure means you just get a job and move on with your life, like it could be way worse, you know? So it's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what I was told when I was kind of voicing my uh, fears in starting a business. It's let's think of the worst that could happen and you'll still be okay. So that kind of, that definitely pushed me to starting the business uh, because I was like, I, I'll be okay. As much as I don't want it to fail, if it would, I can, I will rise above and, and I'll be okay. For sure. So much of it is, is a big perspective shift of also just, of, of also just having a wide perspective of looking at, okay, like if I am examining everything 
how, you know, what is failure? What, what can I define failure in this? What is not making it? What is making it? What is plan B? And looking at, okay, in the real world, the grand scheme of things, I'm gonna be okay if this doesn't work out. Praying that it does, but I'm gonna be okay if it doesn't. And it's funny, because on a much less serious note, my roommates and I, we were working out this morning, and I was joking that back when I was playing volleyball at the University of Miami, we would have days where training was just so hard, and workouts were, near death but we always told each other we were like sitting in the locker room in our little circle before we went to the weight room after practice and just being like okay we did not die last time we, like we have never actually died doing right. a workout Every, everyone has that. lived yeah so we were like i used to tell myself that during our beach workout yes. uh, volleyball i was like okay i didn't pass out i'm okay yeah. it's like worst case scenario maybe i throw up maybe i get lightheaded but i've never actually yeah. like died before so we're like okay like failing we're gonna make it we're gonna survive i will probably end up in class later today having my dinner eventually like i am gonna make it till tomorrow i can do this and i love just that knowing that perspective of what is failure reframing failure and knowing that why not just go for it if it's not going to be the end of the world why not just go for it because look at you example a you went for it and here you are absolutely killing it thriving you, wendy girl. drew is thriving and you're doing it i know you're a perfectionist and you're doing it near perfect i would say because it's not only just offering those like we've said a million times the inclusive size and for plus sizes but it also is such cute items it's not just oh here are you know here's something that's gonna fit you it's oh no this is actually like if that's trendy there like we're gonna make it trendy here and it's super cute and you're finding stuff that is aesthetically pleasing and fits everyone and it's the best thing ever that's why i i get so frustrated when i see some like plus size companies putting out these clothes and all they are is just like frumpy floral garbage bags basically yeah. and i'm like this is not cute. This is, I don't know who's buying this or how you're making money. Um, yeah. So I take pride in finding, in trying to find clothes that really just, just as cute as the small through large girls are wearing. You know, I want to be able to be like, Hey, I want what she's wearing just in a larger size. You know, I, I don't want there to be any discrepancy yes. in style and cuteness, if that's even a word in this situation, <laughs> I want it to still be as cute as the same clothes that everyone else is wearing just in larger sizes, more material, you know, more coverage. And I, I try so hard and sometimes it's discouraging, but I, I try to find those diamonds in the rough uh, to make sure that everyone, everyone can feel beautiful because clothes really do have this magic to just turn your entire mood around. And I mean, I, I was in sweatpants before this. I just put on this dress and I was like, I'm ready. I can do, I can conquer the day now. <laughs> it's like instant mood booster immediately. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I put on like, I have a fair, I have a pair of pants that they're actually my grandma's. So I, I raided her closet when she passed away and she has uh -huh. the cutest things. And there's oh, yeah. the, there's plaid, like elastic waistband plaid pants that are pink. And they're the oh cutest gosh. thing ever. I'm obsessed. And so whenever I put those on, I'm like, okay, it's go time. Like, yeah. it's gonna be a good day. Well, you know, retro's coming back. All yes. those like 70s, 80s styles are coming yes. back. So you might like be ahead of the trend. Oh yeah. When it comes, when it comes I, I truly back. believe that I should have lived through the 70s because yes. that's just from music to style, like go-go yeah. boots, everything. I'm oh, obsessed. Yeah. Well, you know, we specialize in bell bottoms. So yes. we have a ton of bell bottoms. Yeah. Yes. And and yes. everyone, all, I think it's just the Southern girl in me, but like everyone always wonders like, why are you selling bell bottoms? Like, they're so cute. You're like, like why are you not? Yeah. They're so flattering, especially on tall girls. That's yes. what I've realized for myself. I'm 5'10", not nearly as tall as you, but I'm still tall for a girl, I would say. Yeah. And they are just so flattering on long legs. So whenever girls come to me that are taller and they're like, oh, none of these jeans are going to fit. I'm like, try bell bottoms. I promise you, you're going to feel like a rock star. Yes. When you put these on. For real, like game changer. Not me like making yeah. a note here to go shop yes. Wendy Drew. Look at some bell bottoms. <laughs> yes. I promise you, yes. you will not regret it. They're so cute. Y'all had, I don't know if you still have them, but I think you had some with like stars on them once upon a time. Yes. Um, oh, we're trying to get some back in curvy please. sizes. I'm currently working with a manufacturer because <laughs> I, it's so funny. Like all of the clothes that I pick out, it really is just what I like. Like it, there is really no rhyme or reason as to why, you know, I 
if they all kind of match, that's great. I can make it a collection, but like, it's really just, Ooh, I like this. I like that. Like it's my own input. And so I love stars on obviously my last name star. I'm like, I love stars. So I'm like, how many things can I put stars on? So I'm having one of the manufacturers custom make like bell bottoms with stars all over it. Oh my god, so cute. Like I'm so excited. I cannot wait. We need we need like immediate notifications. Oh, 100%. Stops. Yes. <laughs> and like I've had to start going to manu- like straight to manufacturers cuz the way it works, a little background is Yeah, give it to us. Yeah, so basically when you're a retailer, you have this website that you could go to and it has thousands and thousands of manufacturers and vendors. They're either in America or somewhere else. And you, it's basically like online shopping. So we're scrolling and going through clothes and, Hey, we want this, we want this. And you can buy it straight from this website. And then we turn around and sell it to our customers. So in a sense, we're kind of glorified marketers because we're just like getting the clothes and then turning around and selling them. But if you want to go straight to the manufacturers, they can custom make items for you. So I've actually done that a few times. We had Shocker, a star print skirt. It was like a leather, a leather star skirt. And I had them custom make that in curvy sizes because basically no other vendor was selling them. So that was a Wendy Drew exclusive, which has been really awesome. Um, We had a cow print score that I had custom make. I'm also doing, I'm in the works to do star bell bottoms for the fall. So it's like when I sometimes will ask these manufacturers in America or wherever that are selling to us, I'm like, Hey, can you make this for plus sizes? And they just straight up tell you no. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go straight to someone else and be like, Hey, can you make this in plus sizes? And they'd say, yeah. So it's a little bit more expensive, but it's for statement pieces, like the star skirt and the cow skirt and stuff like that. And people have have really liked it. And I know that no other boutique has it. So that's, I get, I'm, I'm still so competitive. Like in my school, I'm like, Oh, I want something that no boutique has. I, I get excited when I know that this is like a Wendy Drew exclusive. So hopefully coming soon spoiler star print bell bottom jeans <laughs> we're so excited i am marking my calendar now to consistently just keep oh, yeah. keep refreshing the page looking for those bell bottoms. oh yeah it'll probably be around in the fall like september october amazing perfect for football yeah. season oh so excited uh, <laughs> we also may be working on a game day collection amazing because yeah i i'm so excited it's game day collections are always my favorite because i love just like I love gingham print. I love big, bold earrings. And I, I love the aesthetic of game day outfits. So yes. that oh, might yes. be in the works as well. Yay. And when you started, you know, you talked about this website where you can research other pieces to then sell your, yeah. like yourself, like you said, glorified marketers, rebuying and Pretty selling much. and all that, yep. the whole <laughs> process. And when you started, what was that like going into that world? Was it super overwhelming? I know you said lots of YouTube videos helped save you. Yes. You know, describe like, okay, day one, I've decided I'm going into Windy Drew. I'm doing this full speed. <laughs> day two, okay, where do I start? <laughs> you know, what, what was that like? Oh my gosh, I wish I still had pictures of my old apartment and all the boxes that filled up my entire apartment. Not even j- like my bedroom, the kitchen. Like it's really you just want to buy everything. And I did, I bought everything. (laughs) So I had to, I had to learn to, you know, not buy as much. It's, it's honestly so much fun. And the, the downside, I guess, to it is you can buy something and let's say it sells out and you want to go buy more. And sometimes the manufacturer stopped making that. So you're really kind of at the mercy of these manufacturers, but it's really so it's, it's honestly a shopper's dream. Like when I tell people, that's what I do for a living. They're like dream job. You know, if I could just shop all day, obviously there's more to it, but a good chunk is shopping. It's finding new clothes. And so there's, you can do that online. They also have what's called apparel markets all across the country. So I think they have them. I know in Atlanta, Dallas, Vegas, LA, Maybe Nashville's a new one. I would, it's pretty much like twice a season and they show the clothes coming for the upcoming season. So I'm going to one in August. And so we'll be shown clothes for the winter. So it, and it's really, really fun. It's all of the vendors pretty much that you could ever want. There's maybe 200, 300 and it's three days and you can just order them right then and there. You get to touch the clothes. 
You get to hold them up to see what you like and buy them. And when I told you my first market, I probably spent like an insane amount of money. I, I didn't know. I was just like credit card, credit card, credit card. Like it, it was insane because it's so overwhelming and your feet hurt at the end of the day. Like if you ever thought you couldn't be tired of shopping, like that's why you can always be tired of shopping. Like it's exhausting, but it's so much fun. And you meet new people, you meet other business owners and you get to touch the clothes and feel it. And it's just like one big community, honestly. Um, I've followed a few people on Instagram from the market that I've met and seen their boutique and stuff. And it's just, it's so fun. So you can either shop online or do those markets. I prefer online because the markets I just overbuy. I'm like, take my credit card and don't give it back to me. <laughs> like take my money, take it all. Literally it's take, fun. I want this whole rack of clothes, take it. Yeah. That's so cool. We actually, I'm very familiar with America's Mart in Atlanta. Yes. My mom oh, has, yeah. my mom's always had a business license. So we've always had the perk of being able to go and just like shop there. And it's the best thing ever. It's, it's, it's so, it's like your yeah. dream and your nightmare all in yes. one because yeah. like you will spend a lot of money and they don't, <laughs> they ship it to you later. So you don't actually get the bill until later. So you're just like blindly handing your credit card to people. And you're like, Oh, that adds up. Yeah. I, I got one. I remember, uh, this was, I think my first market and I bought something and it wasn't going to ship until like six months later. It was like really far in advance and it arrived six months later. And I'm like, I did not order this. Like, where is this coming from? And then I remembered I ordered it at the market and I was like, oh my gosh, I was out of control. <laughs> yeah, like I need to be stopped. We need to stop. Need no to more in-person shopping. Yes. You tell yourself, oh, it's for the business. It's for the business. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I bought this for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And you mentioned dreams and nightmares there. So I want to go into yes. what what's your dream and what's your nightmare of running a rapidly growing small business? Oh my goodness. Well, my, my dream of owning a small business is honestly to take it as far as it can go. I want to, I want to be able to reach as many curvy mid-size plus size women as possible. It makes me sad knowing that there are women out there that don't know about Wendy Drew. I'm like, I can give you cute clothes. I promise. So my goal is to be able to touch as many people who are in need of the clothes that I sell and to just kind of make our community as big as it can be. Um, and I will continue to provide the cute clothes and, and just make, I want to kind of get away from the stigma of you have to be a certain size in order to wear cute clothes. It, it's just not, that's not the way it is anymore. I feel like in today's day and age, clothes are getting smaller and smaller because people, the manufacturers are spending less and less on fabric. Like it really is, there is a shift. Just making sure that there is an opportunity, an outlet, for curvy women to wear cute clothes and be confident in them. That's a dream enough for me. So that's where, that's where my dream is. Now my nightmare is, <laughs> is I've been doing all of this by myself since we started. So it's been a one woman show. I am going to be looking to hire someone in the next few months, which is awesome. But right now I would say the nightmare is just having to package all the orders myself along with running the business and doing the photo shoots and doing the TikToks. It's like when people ask you what you do, I'm the customer service girl. I'm the packager. I'm the model. Like I'm literally everything. So in that sense, there are a lot of long days, but hopefully that will change in the next few months. But if there was a, a nightmare, it would be that I come in and it's just me every day. It's like going from like MMJ, multimedia journalist, oh, of girl. like of journalism to now doing that and MMJ like in the fashion world. Right? It's like I- The one man band. Because I wanted a normal life and now I'm like working 10 times harder. Yes. But it's way more fun. Like yeah. I, I love doing, I love journalism, but this is to me way more of an, of a enjoyable, satisfying experience. Like I'm willing to work 10 times harder for this than I probably was in the sports world, which is how, you know, I made the right decision or how I know I made the right decision to make a change. I mean, even in the sports world, like, yeah, you do everything yourself. So I kind of gained some of that knowledge of, tasking and organizing and taking things one step at a time because 
I am the, I'm the only person here right now and I will be. So like I, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So you have to be very vigilant in, in what you do. A lot of my camera skills in MMJing have transferred over to taking my own photos. So thank you to School of Communication for that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely taught me a lot of, you know, organizing and, and just staying task oriented. I'm used to deadlines in TV here. It's a little less of a deadline. So whenever I catch myself slipping and I'm like, I can do it tomorrow. No, you got to get it for that 11 o'clock newscast. You got to get this in time. So <laughs> I love that. So many of the things transition over, even from back oh, at wow. your athlete days, like you said, being so competitive is still, it's still applicable in any business, oh, in yeah. any industry. And you're still using those skills, passing along from you know, whether you were an athlete, you were going to do that. And whether you're running your own business, you're going to do that. And that's something that really is the heart of play where your feet are, because it's wherever yeah. your feet are, that's where you can make an impact. That's where you have purpose and your position does not limit that. So my, myself personally, that hit the hardest when, you know, obviously when I was a starter and a captain on the Hurricanes volleyball team, I was going to play where my feet are. I was going to do my best and be my best on that court as best that I could be. But if I was benched on the sideline, sitting left bench, like you bet I was going to be the loudest cheerleader. I was going to be so obnoxious, oh, yeah. like call out the other plays, cheer my teammates on. I was going to be so, so loud. And then, then when I had everything ripped away from me in the blink of an eye with one bad block move and my life flipped upside down and my physical activity went to now pretty much learning how to walk again, two miles per hour pace, one mile per hour pace for 10 minutes, if my headaches and heart rate could take it, like I had to shift and say, even though I'm not playing, I can still play where my feet are. That even though it's in a different season that I'm barely a functioning human being at the moment, I can still make an impact. I can still train. I can still make purpose and I can play where my feet are. Wherever my feet are, I can do something. It may not be where I want my feet to be, but <laughs> I can still play where they're at. And then right. doing just that will get me to the next step. And I've seen so much of play where your feet are embodied in you from, you know, whether it was sports reporting, whether it was volleyball back in the day, whether it was yeah. just living a life full of living and then now going into Wendy Drew and still having that competitive spirit, still wanting to do everything with excellence mm. and starting from small to 17,000 followers. Like you, every single stage, you're putting your forth, putting forth your best effort, going all in, no matter how big or small, no matter how many followers you might have, whether you are, whether you are in so a town home or whether you're moving to a bigger warehouse, like you are making it happen. So I want to ask you after our conversation today, what does play where your feet are mean to you? I was thinking a lot about this because it, I, I almost take it literally. I think play where your feet are is knowing those are your feet. You can't do anything to change them. I mean, you can get a pedicure, but like you can't do anything to change really your feet. And I think it means you don't need to change who you are. You don't need to change what you're doing or how you act just because someone says this is what you should be doing or the way someone says how you should be living your life. I think it means being, having a level of confidence in yourself and knowing this is where I'm at, this is where I want to be, and this is how I'm going to get there. And not conforming to what people are saying is the path you should be taking. A lot in my life, I had to go a different path than what people had said. I actually, I don't even know if you know this. So I played volleyball up until college and I had all these expectations. Everyone wanted me to go and play in college. And I originally did at one point, I ended up getting really burnt out. I had other dreams. I was actually talking to a college coach and I asked her, would I be able to still study broadcast journalism and play volleyball? And she straight up told me no. And it was at that point that I knew I wasn't going to play volleyball in college. And a lot of people were disappointed in me, a lot of people. And I had a lot of people telling me I was making a huge mistake. And I would never amount to anything and all this stuff. So I just, I had confidence in who I was and where I was going and it's led me to where I am today. So I'm a big advocate and just blocking out the outside noise and making sure that as long as you're happy and you're doing what makes you happy, you know, play where your feet are, play where you are and not in someone else's shoes. Yes, I love that so, so much. And the fact that you're, you really emphasize the your in play where your feet are, where your yes. feet are at, not your neighbor, not your competitor, it's not your friend. Your feet.
You only yes. get two feet in this lifetime. Yeah, take advantage. I love that. That's so good. I just, we need to like re-loop those last two minutes just over and over, <laughs> like morning motivation, take it yes. in, look yourself in the mirror, <laughs> listen to that, those words. <laughs> yes, so, so good. And you mentioned obviously within there a lot of good advice for others who are looking to do the same, but what's maybe a, a specific piece of advice that you want to add to everyone who's listening, hearing who you are, what you do, what you've done, what you do now, and thinking, I want to play my, where my feet are, just like Jolie Star does. I want to copy her motivation, her, her work ethic, everything she puts forth in life. What's a piece of advice you have for them? Oh man, I feel like I have so much advice, but I think one of the biggest things is trust your gut. Um, I think your gut is a huge indicator in your life. My gut was telling me I didn't want to play volleyball anymore. My gut was telling me I didn't want to be a sports reporter anymore. And my gut was telling me I didn't want to just take a normal job. I wanted to do this. And I think people try to kind of quiet their gut a lot. And there might be some outside circumstances and, and stuff that attributes to that. But your gut really is your subconscious. And it's telling you what you what your true self really wants to do. And as long as you follow that, I think you will most likely be happy in the end. And just to take that leap of faith, I mean, kind of like reconfiguring what your idea of failure is. I think if a lot of people sit down and they're like, okay, if I do this, let me think of the worst that could happen and I'll probably still be okay. So trying to get away from the idea of there's either, you're either at a hundred or zero and just trusting your gut because if your gut really knows you the best and I've gone against my gut in a few situations and I was quickly slapped in the face with reality. So as I've learned to just, whatever I wake up thinking, that's what I got. That's, that's what I need to be doing. I love that. I love that so much. Well, I will say too, one of your original thoughts was that you wanted to be on this podcast. So yes, good, I good job trusting it. your gut. <laughs> good <I> job. <laughs> yes. No, I, I tried to start a podcast when I was in Michigan, like a sports podcast. And I mean, I was just so busy. I don't know what I was thinking. I was never going to have the time, but I had all this podcast equipment that I bought and I still have. And I was like, you know what, maybe one day I'll pick it up. I probably won't ever have time to do it, but I love the idea of podcasting. And I mean, we're journalists, we love to talk. So like, it's just, it's such a great outlet and you're doing such a good job. So whenever I saw that you were starting Play Where Your Feet Are, I was like, oh my God, do you think she'll ask me? Do you think I, do you think I can ask her? Like, can I be honest? Which you totally could have, by the way. You can, anyone listening now, you can always reach out. That's, that doesn't mean I'll true. say yes. That does not mean I'll say yes, but anyone can always reach out. I'm all for it. Yeah, I was like, do I message her? And I'm like, hey, I have, a, I can talk. I, I, if you need someone to talk, I can do it. You're like, I love talking. I can, I can yeah. do that. <laughs> I know. I always, I always joke with people. Like I literally talk for a living and in, in anything you look at what I do from my podcast to sports reporting to motivational speaking, I literally talk for a living. So I just yes. love talking to people. It's the best thing ever. And podcasting is the most amazing excuse to just hang out with people and have deep conversations. It's oh, the best. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm working. This is work right now. I have like, no, it's, no. it's 21st century work is, yes. is podcasting now. Yeah. I love it's it. The best thing ever. Well, Jolie, you absolutely killed today's episode. It oh definitely exceeded the expectations. I would say it lived up to the expectations, but no, you, ex <laughs> you exceeded the expectations. It was so, so fun. I love a fellow fashion friend. So just being able to talk about fashion on the podcast was so fun. Literally, you're such a breath of fresh air. I love hearing your full story and hearing your wisdom and advice. I'm definitely taking it to myself. I'm also definitely going to shop on Wendy Drew the minute this call ends <laughs> and look at your stuff. Yes, let me know. I'll pull some pieces for you. I'm about to yes. go make some TikToks, so I'll, I'll send you some photos. Yes. Oh my goodness. For sure. <laughs> but Jolie, though this podcast is ending, I'm sure all of our listeners want to keep up with you and all you do. So feel free to take this time now, plug what you got, plug all your accounts, all the social media, Hit us up. How can we hit you up? So if you want to shop Wendy Drew, our website is wendydrewboutique.com, um, D-R-E-W, Drew. And our Instagram is at shopwendydrew. 
and you can, I think you can shop directly from Instagram. Now you can just check out, which is so dangerous. You can just literally look at a post and check out. So we have our Instagram, our TikTok is Wendy Drew Boutique. I'm trying my best to get that going. It's very, very difficult. So if anyone is a master in TikTok, please let me know what I need to be doing differently. But yeah, any you can shop on our socials or on our website. I love it. And any final words? I'll, I'll give you the floor. Any final words, thoughts, gold nuggets, whatever I, you got? I just love following you and, and your whole career because now that I'm out of the industry, I love following people that are still in it. And you are just absolutely killing it. I saw that you were the host for Miami baseball. Yes. And I did that while I was in college. I did that. I love. And so it just like all came full circle. And I, I just love following you and you're doing amazing and you need to come to Charlotte so you can model for me. <laughs> I literally say less. I will book a flight. <laughs> I'm so, so down. I will make that trip literally in a heartbeat. So well, yes. ab- after this podcast, we'll plan further about that for sure. Please. But yes. Jolie, thank you so, so much for hopping on the PWIFA podcast today. You're officially a part of the family now, which is such an honor to have you as a Love guest. It. So thank you for coming on, sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, your advice, everything about Wendy Drew and more. We love you so much. So honored to have you on and just thank you. Thank you. Oh, this was so much fun. Feel free to have me on anytime. <laughs> oh, always. You'll be my go-to. Always a backup. <laughs> you need a filler episode. I got you. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Jolie. Have a great day. Thanks. And just like that, season two, episode one is complete. If you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did with Jolie, let us know. Message us on at PlayWeRefeedR on Instagram. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to subscribe and follow to the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast to hear more amazing episodes like this. And in the meantime, catch up on season one, be blessed, and keep playing where your feet are.